Orale, what's up East LA? How are you? This is Jay So, founder and creator of Street Action News, the voice of East LA, coming to you from an in, undisclosed location in the command center. And so, yes, uh, we are at a different location right now uh, doing this recording and this podcast, and I'm very excited to share that with you. Um, I also wanted to talk to you guys something about something quite important that happened maybe a few weeks back, and I don't know if you guys noticed, but I have uh, tend to calm down with the scenes, you know, here and there. I, I know that most of you guys probably don't see me out there as active um, like I used to be. And uh, well, the reason was for that because we had an incident that happened to us uh, a few weeks ago with a follower, and well, it wasn't it wasn't good, you know, it wasn't good, it wasn't a good outcome. Um, the 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 situation really unfolded to become very uh, very threatening, and so. You know, this one thing that I, I want to let everybody know is that we have uh, thousands of followers. You guys got to understand that now, that we have thousands of followers, um, hundreds and hundreds, you know, and I would say thousands of positive followers that are with us, that support us, that encourage us. And yes, of course, we have a few haters here and there. Um, I don't know why the haters still follow if, you know, they don't like what we do or they say we're cheese muscles or whatever. But anyways, so one of our associates in the team, you know, was uh, affected with this outcome and turned out that, uh, you know, he just didn't want to continue working with us anymore because it just seemed too risky, I guess. Um and I totally understand, you know, I mean, this is, you know, quite a little bit risky uh, for anybody that uh, joins us. And so this person uh, just felt like they didn't want to put themselves at risk. And so they decided to kind of just step back and it affected us because, you know, we, we try to work as a team. And if we all work together as a team, we could become successful in delivering the information to the community. And so since this has happened, uh, you know, we've been down, you know, for a little bit because of it. And I just want to say personally that, you know, for the people that are listening to this podcast, uh, don't, you know, if, if you don't like what we do, we would really appreciate it if you kind of just unfollow us. But there is no need for any threats or anything like that that was delivered, you know, to my team not too long ago. And so we, we really don't appreciate that, you know. So if there's anything, you know, it's better if you just unfollow and just don't be involved in what we share with the community. Now, for those of you that are, you know, our positive followers, our encouraging followers, we love you guys. Thank you guys for the support, for the love for the likes, for everything that you guys, you know, share with us in order for us to keep doing what we're doing. Um, and so things have changed for a little bit uh, with Street Action News because of that. And it's unfortunate because it affects the entire community. And see, this is the thing that some people don't understand. You know, if you're going to hate on us or if you're going to hate on, you know, certain individuals of our team, um, it's going to affect 
the entire community. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, when threats are involved, first of all, nobody's going to be comfortable wanting to go out there and bring any information to the community. That's number one. Number two, you know, uh, doing the lives and all that, uh, you know, it kind of just cancels everything for everybody. Now we can't be live uh, for too long because of these threats that were made to our team. And that's another one. And then the prize giveaways. I mean, we were really enjoying ourselves by giving away the prizes to people and, you know, the gifts that we were providing and all that. We still have a ton of stuff to give away, but we are just putting that on hold right now because, you know, we don't know if this person that threatened our our member, you know, our team member is serious or is he playing a game or is it a joke or not? And that's why, you know, when it comes out to threats, it's not a joke, man, because it disrupts everything that we've been doing for the community. And so now because of that person, um, we're being very cautious and I hope you guys can understand that, you know, and I'm pretty sure you guys do, but we got to be cautious now um, with what we do, how we do it, because, you know, we lost already a team member. We don't want to lose any more. And then eventually it's going to be even more difficult for us to try to continue doing this, you know? So, Again, for those of you that are listening to this podcast and you're a hater, don't like what we do, just simply unfollow us, you know, but don't try to get crazy or anything like that, you know, by threatening any of our team members because uh, you guys don't seem to understand that there are uh, deputies that follow us as well. You know, there's uh, 15,000 followers you got to understand there's a whole mix of people in in there following what we do and a majority of them are very supportive of what we do so anyways um we did get you know the authorities did get involved when it came down to this person so they were ever able to figure out who the person was where they live their address family members everything so you know like i like i said when it comes down to trying to threat us or our team members um, it's not a good idea. You know, you're going to find yourself in some really, really hot water, especially if the authorities get involved. And so just for the safety of our team and the safety of the community, if you don't like what we do, just simply unfollow us. I just wanted to put that out there because um, it has affected Street Action News. Uh, we haven't done any prizes, no giveaways. We haven't been out there live as much. You know, because of the threat. And so, not cool. Definitely not cool. Uh, we don't want to put that person's information out there because we don't want the community to retaliate in any way. Uh, but all that information on that person has already been gathered. And so, hopefully, that person decides to, you know, just stay away and not get involved or even try to harass us anymore. So, I wanted to just put that out there because I know that there's a lot of you guys wondering what's going on. How come they're not out there as much? There's so many things that have been happening. I get that and I understand. But, you know, it's it's pretty detrimental, you know, when uh, you have a teammate and then all of a sudden something like that happens and they just decide to quit because of, you know, risk reasons. Uh, there is really no need for that. And I really, really hope that it never happens again. We've always had a positive uh, vibe and outcome, you know, and support from the community. But, you know, there's always some bad apples that come around here and there and try to intimidate, you know, others. So 
I, I just wanted to go ahead and share that with you guys. So thank you guys for being patient and, you know, understanding us. And don't worry, the prizes will eventually come back. The lives are going to come back. Um, as you guys know, we got banned from TikTok. So we don't have a TikTok account anymore. So we're just focused right now on YouTube and Instagram, which is our biggest, you know, platform. Um, but what I did want to share with you guys was something very important besides what I just talked about. And that's uh, an interview that I had with somebody that their child attends a Montebello, Montebello School District, a school, uh, a junior high, I believe, or it's an elementary school in Montebello. Now, I know that some of our followers do live in Montebello as well. And I wanted to share this information with you guys because this person reached out to me a while back and felt like it was important to put this out there so the community knows, and especially if you have any children that are going to this school. Um, she will mention the principal by name, so for those of you that do have a child attending this school, uh, I highly recommend you pay attention, take notes if anything. Uh, this is an interview that we had with her uh, days ago. And so she wanted to go ahead and share her information. Her name is uh, Mary, and she lives out in the Montebello area, and she wants to go ahead and share with you guys this really important information. Now, before I go ahead and, you know, play the information that she's going to share, just keep in mind that she has multiple documents. Uh, she has everything to back herself up, even the allegations uh, against her child, you know, from the principal, she has all that documented. And so she just wants to share this because maybe you have a child that's going to the same school or in the district and could be possibly going through the same challenges as her son is or daughter is going through too. So here we go, ladies and gentlemen, listen and take notes. And remember, all the information she's sharing is from her. Um, and of course, you know, my opinions, I express my opinions, but they're just opinions for those of you that are do, are going to listen to this information. So here we go. Hi, thank you for having me. I really appreciate um, this opportunity. Um, not only that, most importantly, I think it's really important for the community to be aware of what's going on so they could speak with their children and we as parents could give our children the right tools to defend themselves and be safe at school. So um, a little bit of what's going on is that, you know, my child, I have children attending Winter Gardens Elementary School. And I'll start off with what, what was not my story. Last school year, there was a sexual assault from a third grader female student to a first grader special ed student female in the girls restroom during school hours and the school principal um, Melvin Cortez from Winter Gardens Elementary School did not want to share that information with the parents of the children he thought it was a he said she said situation and that it didn't have to be informed to the parents however the teacher decided that it was important information to share with the parents. So, of course, you know, parents arrive to school um, 
very worried and the principal was surprised that the parents were there like how do you know um you know short story that teacher got got fired for informing the parents she got fired and um the students involved in that situation you know the students are still there i we don't know if that um other student the third grader who who was the initiator, the perpetrator, um, you know, got um, the services to to correct, you know, those what, what she did. We don't know any of that, but um, that's not the first time that it happens. You know, there, there's another mom that also shared that, and our students are going to school. School is supposed to be a safe place for students, right. and when this is happening, and you parents cannot even be sure that the students are safe in school then that's a big concern you know that's a, a concern that the community should should worry about because last year you know i was outraged for that situation nothing to do with me but i felt the tears and the anger of those parents yes and now this school year sadly it happened to my son mm. and so now you know it's like how many more students have to go through this in order for the school to make a change and for the school district to say this is not okay this is not a he said she said this is not children's stuff and me being a survivor of sexual abuse as a child i know for a fact that the students that are doing this are seeing something that is not appropriate at home or somewhere or something is happening to them it's either or because this is learned behavior. You know, you, you just a child doesn't just wake up and say, I'm gonna do this. You know, that's learned behavior and um, and it's you know, the school is the school principal, the school in the school district is taking this as, Oh, they're just children. Mm. You know, and, and no, they're not only just children. These are things that are happening and even though the perpetrator students who did this also need protection mm -hmm. you know where is where is um, DCFS in this you know children's services you know all that therapy after COVID and everything where is it they need this support right you know the victims that have been through this also need that support mm -hmm. um, but but yeah that that is what's going on out in the in the community here in Winter Gardens Elementary School and sadly that it's not the only school. Um, I came to the East Los Angeles Sheriff Station to make a police report in regards to what had happened to my son this school year. Mm -hmm. And there was another mom with small children, I would say like five and six year olds. And I'm very vocal, so I was like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, why are you here? And she said, I, she said, oh, I'm here to make a police report. I asked her, oh, okay. You know, I kept asking my questions like, oh, um, does it have to do with the school? Yes, it does. I'm sorry, what, I asked her, what district do you belong to? Montebello Unified. Mm. And I said, what? I, I'm also from Montebello Unified. And then I told her, I'm sorry, what, like, do you mind? I told her my story, what happened, and then she told me something similar happened to my six-year-old. Mm. So that's why I'm here making a police report. So it's not just Winter Gardens Elementary. I, I cannot recall the school that she told me. Um, and I don't want to say a, a, a wrong name. But she's also from Montebello, and she told me, you know what, with everything that's happening, I think I'm just going to pull out my kids from, 
from the district and you know the community is not going to let me lie i know a lot of parents that their kids are in winter gardens elementary school and come fifth grade the end of fifth grade they pull out their kids to the charter schools to the kid you know and before all of this happened, you know, before all the bullying, the retaliation, not only from the school principal, but the district, you know, covering up everything that the principal is doing, I was a big advocate for let's keep our students in the Montebello Unified School District. The dual program is amazing and beautiful, you know, keeping that Spanish for our children, you know, and not being Osavo kids, you know, um, to keep that open communication with our family, with the community. But with everything that's going on, it's like if if you have the opportunity, take your children somewhere else. You know, because the I don't know, you know, also the community's gonna know there has been many articles released in regards to the Montebello Unified School District and all their um, their their situations involved with money with things they're not supposed to be doing, um, firing superintendents and just, you know, blaming the superintendents. But in reality, we know, the community should know, it's not one person that does absolutely everything, that breaks the rules, that, you know, has preference. If you're my friend, I'm going to cover for you. If you're my friend, I'm going to give you this contract, right, With which is what Montebello has done in the past. I'm not sure right now. But in the past, you're my friend, I'm going to give you this contract, stuff like that. So... There's, there's a lot of noise, uh-huh. bad noise, with bad the Montebello Unified School District wow. in the past. So it's like, who the district is there for our children? Right. Who's advocating for our children? Who's right. really watching for the best interest of our children? Uh-huh. You know, of the students of Montebello Unified School District. You know, it seems that Montebello is just there for themselves. Right. And for the people that they know, for the money, for their best interest. Uh-huh. So... Who's advocating for our students? Where are our students and the families in all of this? Mm-hmm. And nobody's being held accountable. Exactly. Mm. No one is being held accountable. And, you know, when when there's retaliation, and I'll give you guys an example, the, school's, the school principal, Melvin Cortez, um, he got to the point where he didn't allow me on school activities, um, saying, oh, we're full, we don't need your help come back another day or to the point of oh you're coming inside um i need somebody to walk you to your destination and walk you back when i've been a parent volunteer for over six years and never in my life had that happened to me and when other parents go to school and they don't get, get that they go they sign in which is the normal procedure and they go to their destination. So that is retaliation. Uh-huh. Retaliation for speaking up and advocating for my child. Uh-huh. You know, and and that's scary also. You know, it's something that should be spoken about because a few parents have told me, Mary, what if you just stay quiet and don't say nothing? Look what you're going through. Now they're not allowing you on school campus. And I said, no, it's exactly because of the fear of staying quiet and just going you know, going by with whatever they're saying, like, don't do this because if not, I'm not gonna let you on school campus. If not, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna let this. Then, that's why our community sometimes stays quiet yes. out of fear because I don't want to deal with that retaliation. Right. And you know what? It's not fair. It's not fair. And also, my kids are paying for that retaliation. Mm. 
they're paying for that retaliation as well. I'll give you guys an example. The school principal has personally told me that he doesn't like my volunteer work and that my volunteer work should be better off somewhere else, that I should look for another place where my time would be appreciated. Wow. And um, the school district, you know, said, well, that's his personal opinion. I didn't know that, you know, school employees could share their personal opinions with parent volunteers with what is their right as a parent to volunteer in the education of their children. He, the school principal also, um, okay, I'm sorry, let me backtrack a little bit. Okay, um, it's a lot, you guys. It's a lot of information, a lot of situations that have been happening for <clears throat> two school years. Yeah, it seems like it. And you have a lot of paperwork to back it up here, too. I do. Um, let me jump over to, um, to something that is really important that parents don't even know that it exists. Okay. But I want to share this with, with the community because it's important. Sometimes, you know, we go through life and we don't... It's not that we don't care, it's that we don't know, right? Right. So there is an education record mm -hmm. for our children. For every student that attends you know, a public school, there is an education record. And sometimes we think that record only holds um, attendance and grades and things like that. But I wanna share with you guys that it does not only hold, and I'm gonna pull it out just so I can look at it while I'm, I'm sharing this information with you guys. Okay. So in, those, in that education record, you guys have to submit a paper, right, um, requesting the education records of your children. So if, if I recommend for the community to do that just so you guys could look at it and see what's in the record of your child because this record is going to follow your child all the way to um, high school. I'm not sure and I'm not going to give wrong information if it follows them all the way to a university or college, but I know that it does follow them all the way up to 12th grade. Oh, wow. So in here, you'll have health assessments if they've been, you know, in, assessed. If they're in special education, they, it will have all the IEPs, the individualized education paper from whatever age they started all, all to right now, whatever date you requested. Okay, so it has that. It ha if, if the child has had any evaluations, whether it's social, um, um, mental evaluations, um, it will be here, right? If wow. they have an assessment plan, it should be here. And then something really interesting, um, so it has their information all the way back to if they attended Head Start. Um, it has, you know, how many tardies and absences they had in Head Start. So that's also, you know, just good for your records. It has the paperwork of um, the first paperwork that you guys submitted. The first paperwork that you guys submitted when you guys enrolled your children in school in kinder. Um, it has all that history, the papers that you submitted, immunization records. And most importantly, it also has incident summaries. Oh, wow. So incident summaries will be, um, it will have your child's name, their student ID, and then it will be incident summaries that the principal will input in the record, right? Uh -huh. So if they get sent, I'll share with you guys, and this is, you know, um, information of, of my son. I'll share with you guys, um, 
the type of information that it says in the incident summaries. So it says role type, offender. Offender? Yes. Okay. Incident type, California State Report. Study. Sorry about that. So go on. You were telling us about uh, the assessment. Uh -huh. So in the incident summary, like I told you guys, um, you know, I, I'll repeat it. It says offender, incident type, California State Reporting. It'll say the date. It'll say the school. Here it says Winter Gardens Elementary. Um, author, the person who input this information, which was Principal Melvin Cortez. Behaviors, right? Um, it'll see what, what the student did, and here it says um, obscene acts, profanity, and vulgarity. The actions, um, out of school suspension for so many days, and then description. It'll see the details of whatever the incident happened, right? And I'll get into that. Um, but let me, go, let me jump over to another situation. So it says, again... Um, Role type, offender. Um, offender, incident type, local use only. But it's still in their... Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, winter gardens. Um, and then principal, created by, you know, the principal. And then here it'll say, and I'll share this with you guys, um, student, which is my son, called a student a loser as he was walking to lunch. So, I, you know, apparently, you know, it'll be in my son's record that he called a loser another student, you know, and it'll follow him forever, which that I understand. I think many, I kind of understand and don't because I also asked for the records of my daughter and there has been more some situations with my daughter that I would have thought that would be in her record and are not there. Mm -hmm. So then here is where I could go ahead and compare with paperwork and with everything the retaliation that I'm receiving from the school principal mm -hmm. inputting all this type of information, not only to me, you know, I'm an adult and I could handle whatever situation, but now this is directly affecting my child. And yes. it's not only going to affect him today or tomorrow or this year. This is information that is going to follow him for a very long time. Right. For a very long time. So you're saying that, like, let's say if you wanted to transfer your, your child out of Montebello District into Alley Unified, let's say, which is probably the worst one, they are going to see all this information that they put down on record that your son has done this and done that. So it kind of taints his record a little bit. Right? Exactly. And we all, we all, I think we, as a community, we have all heard, you know, the black sheep right. or that problem child who's always getting in fights, who's always getting suspended, who's always getting, get, you know, getting sent to the principal's office and things like that. And, and it's, imp it's important, you know, if that child is, he's not a child problem. He's not a, a black sheep. There's something going on. 
I, we don't know what is going on, but that's our job, you know, as parents, as family, as community, as educators, you know, as districts, to go and support, you know, that child with whatever they need so they could be successful. Right. Right? Um, but here, the difference with my son is not only that, you know, they're, they're classifying him as a black sheep, uh-huh. but he's a special education student. He's a special education student, and yes, you know, his behavior is not the best, and that's why in his individ- in his IEP, Individualized Educational Plan, he has a behavioral plan where psychologists and, and therapists come and they build a plan to help support him. But what's going on with that plan? The school principal is not following it. Oh, really? Yes, so in his plan it says, you know, um, my son, I'm going to call my son student, you know, for, for his, um, to keep his identity, you know, safe. Um, so in that plan, it says, you know, student needs to have verbal praise. He needs, um, to like verbal, um, warnings. Okay. We're going to change, um, you know, from activities. Okay. So recess is going to be over in five minutes, you know, and things like that. He needs a lot of pointers and directions before something happens. The school principal is not following that plan. He needs, um, verbal praise, right? Like good job or this or that. Recognition. Yes. Not happening by the school principal. So I'll give you guys an example. My son, um, called someone, um, a fat ass, um, another student, which is totally not appropriate. I have conversations with him and constantly have to redirect him, right, uh, and, and remind him what's appropriate and what's not. And the principal, Melvin Cortez, called over my son to his office. It was him and my son in the office by themselves, and the principal told my son, a fourth grader, you don't call no one fat ass in my school. Keep that word in your mouth. And don't use it in my school. Go back to class. So that is the type of school principal that is at Winter Gardens Elementary School. And again, this is my son with special education needs that has a behavioral plan in place that should be followed by everyone. And in that conversation that the principal had with my son, there was no verbal praise. There was no redirection. There was no natural consequences to show him, okay, when you say something, this is the natural cause that happens. Absolutely nothing. That seems like bullying and simple retaliation over the fact that I've been an outspoken parent, you know? And for a child to be treated like that by a school principal or be spoken to, not acceptable. I don't even think a parent talks to their child like that. Well, for a principal, it's kind of unprofessional, to be honest. Very. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, community parents out there with students, uh, I really want to, um, you know, bring that awareness to you guys. Go ahead and on one of those days that you guys are off from work or go on Google, search it, education record, right? Go ahead and look through it to see what type of things are in the records of your child that is going to follow them. And sometimes, you know, counselors um, is the first thing they, that they see, you know, school principals. And of course, that when you look at something like this, you make a first impression. You make a first impression and it's not fair for our students, you know, to be going with, with this type of 
of history, wow. you know, out of retaliation and bullying. Well, in my case, right, in my example, because, you know, the school principal doesn't personally like me or my children, right. you know, or my family. I, I, I don't know, you know, their job is there to be there for the students right. and they haven't been there. That support for for my son, you know. Um, Have you by any chance heard from any other parents telling you something similar? Yes, mm. I have. Um, and I I want to share her story, and I know that um, I have permission from her to share her story. Um, this is a, a grandma. She's a grandma that has a student at Winter Gardens Elementary, but she's also a mom. She has um, two daughters in Winter Gardens Elementary School. Um, last school year, um, her grandson was in Winter Gardens Elementary School, and he also had behavioral, um, concerns, right, with his behaviors, so, so much that, um, instead of the school principal saying, okay, let's give him an evaluation, let's see if he would benefit from, like, seeing the school therapist or, or something, he didn't offer none of that to this grandma and to the mom of the child. He said his behavior is so bad that, and this was the school principal, that his, his behavior is so bad that he's going to come to school and he's going to leave early, like at 11 in the morning. So he would check in at 8.30 to school and leave like at 11 in the morning or 12 the latest. He wouldn't be in school full day. And a full day would mean to what time? 2.30. Oh, 2.30. Oh, wow. And that's because the behaviors of the child in class were disruptive. You know, like he wouldn't sit still. He would, you know, cause, I think, sometimes a little bit of, like, dramas. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what were his behaviors, but nothing was offered to that student. In order to deal with him, it was come to school, and the grandma told me, yes, of course, they just wanted him to check in and receive the money that he was there, right, that daily money that they receive for every student that goes to school. Yes. Um, but no services or offer or help was offered for my, for my son, for, for, I mean, for her grandchild. You know, fast forward, that was last school year. This school year, that grandma had a situation with her daughter. Her daughter was um, it was attending um, Winter Gardens Elementary School, and she was missing out on so many days because she was having um, she was complaining every morning, crying that her stomach was hurting. And this mom, right slash grandma, um, started to become very overwhelmed because she didn't know what her daughter had medically. She was running you know, back and forward to different hospitals trying to get different diagnosis. They diagnosed her with, like, something in her stomach. Then that, no, it was anxiety, right? And it was, like, imaginary pain maybe or that maybe she was doing it for a cry out for attention. They were giving her so many diagnoses, and she had no idea what it was. But the point is that her daughter was missing many days of school. Right, right. And they were, you know, she would get those calls every day, your daughter's absent, and then, you know, as you guys know, if you're absent so many days, then they're going to get in contact with you, you know, the district, like, and then there's a court, a court thing and, like, a whole process if your child is missing school. And so she was really worried about that. She didn't want it to get to that, and she was worried for her daughter. Um, 
So she went to school. She talked to the teacher, and the teacher said, like, I, I don't know, you know, what we could do to help her. I could send maybe some homework home. Then she tried to reach out many times to the school principal, and the school principal never reached out to her. Mm. Um, you know, later on, she gets in touch with me, and she says, you know what, I, I need a little bit of help. My, my, my daughter is going through this, and she's missing out on education. She blah, blah, blah. And I told her, okay. Um, I don't know if you're, if many parents are aware, but for situations like that, there's a 504 plan. So there's an IEP for, you know, individualized educational plan, but there's also a 504 plan, which is not as strong as an IEP, but it has some leniency and support, which is the most important thing, support for the student. Mm -hmm. So she... She wasn't aware of what it was, but in, in one of her medical records, a doctor told her, go to your school and request a 504 plan. Mm -hmm. She reached out to the school principal and said, I need a 504 plan. But at that time, she had no idea what a 504 plan was. The school principal said, oh, no, um, go and talk to your doctor again. She wasn't aware. I step in and I told her, okay, a 504 plan, you know, usually the principal is the one to do the 504 plan. I don't know in this school who's in charge of them, but I believe it's the school principal. Mm -hmm. She submitted a complaint against the school principal at the district level because not only had he, had he been rude to her in relations to her daughter saying, like, go back to the doctor. And she told him, like, I'm coming to you because the doctor told me to come to you. Right, guys. exactly. Um, but when when her grandson was having um, the behavioral issues or, or concerns, the school principal told her, like, you should educate your grandson at home so he could behave here in school. Mm. And, and sadly, it's not the first time that the principal tells that to parents. He also told that to another parent who has a child in special education and told her, like, you need to educate your son at home so he could behave here. Wow. So going back to, to grandma mom, right, um, she had to go to the district in order for the district to give her, um, at the end of the day, they didn't give her a 504 plan. They gave her uh, a home studies. So a teacher went to the home of the student to give her education because of like her stomach pain and things like that. She couldn't be in school. Mm -hmm. But the school principal did not help her. She had to go to the school district oh, wow. for them to do what the school principal had to, do. to do. Exactly. So that school principal really brushes a lot of things under the rug, it seems like. Yes. When he's supposed to be there to bring the support to the students that need it, he just rather not deal with it in a sense and collect the money for the student instead, you know? Exactly. So... So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was a portion of the recording that we have. We have way more that we definitely want to share with you guys. So for those of you guys that are listening to this podcast... Um, we would definitely like your feedback as far as the information that you've heard. Um, you know, like I said, maybe you have a child that's going to the elementary school that she's talking about and dealing with the principal. But uh, yes, we do have uh, some more information that I would like to share. I would like to put that on a, on a separate podcast. 
uh, in addition. But uh, yeah, we would definitely love your feedback if you guys you know find it interesting and if you want to hear more about it, uh, we can definitely share more. And so we've already gone to like about forty minutes of your time, and we want to say thank you. Don't forget, guys, we have a Venmo account as well. If you guys want to donate, any donation helps to our Venmo Street Action News. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, don't forget, we also have a, a a website for merchandise and apparel. And and like I said, thanks again for tuning in. We really, really appreciate you guys you know, following us and tuning in with us. And hopefully the information this time uh, was helpful. And we'll be back again with another podcast soon for you. You take care. Have a wonderful 4th of July. Today is July 3rd, 2023. Uh, tomorrow will be 4th of July. So you guys be safe. Remember, try to do what you can to protect your fur babies from running away. The fireworks are going to scare them away. Make sure you keep them indoors. Blast the radio if you have to so the the music can muzzle the fireworks and they don't get so scared. Uh, that's what works for me and my, my doggies. Hopefully it works for you guys as well too. Ladies and gentlemen, this is JSO. I'm letting you guys go. You guys have a safe one. Be safe. Happy 4th of July. God bless you guys. Take care. Bye for now.